Hey everyone, it's your local janitor Scruffy here. So for those of you that listen to us regularly, I'm sure you're aware that it's been a while since we've had an episode released. We've been having some technical difficulties with our audio. And the last episode, we had our friends uh, Zach and Nick on, and they were promoting the Crossroads Classic. But the audio was so bad, we had to scrap the whole thing. So I just want to put this little blurb in there real quick, just to give the event a plug. So it's the Indiana Crossroads Classic. Basically, they put it together last year because they wanted to have a regional but FFG wouldn't give him one. And it was actually won by Z. Zach Matthews, who we had on last episode. So anyone who's ever talked to Zach for more than a couple minutes knows, already knows that. That's, that's, that's actually how he introduced himself to me at Worlds. He said, hey, I'm Z. Zach Matthews, Carolina Creates Podcast, winner of the Indiana Crossroads Classic. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. But anyway, it's going to be, so it's uh, October 7th, the weekend of, it's probably going to be a two-day event, Swiss on Saturday and cut on Sunday, but... They're going to have uh, side events going on the whole time. On uh, Sunday, they're going to have a Wave 1-3 to three tournament. And uh, they're going to have Destiny and Armada, Pearl Salt, all that good stuff going on throughout the weekend as well. It's going to be it's, uh, $20. If you pre-register, it's going to be 25 the day of. And as far as prizes go, everyone who enters gets a custom Wedge Antilles pilot card, which was selected by Zach. And then placement prizes, top 32 will get these acrylic Critical hit tokens, which are the coolest things I've ever seen. If anyone actually, honestly, if anyone wins one, please hit me up because I actually would like to trade for one. There is the emoji of the guy flipping the table, so would really like to get my hands on one or two of those. <laughs> but top sixteen is damage deck holder, top eight is template holder, top four is a custom collapsible dice tray, and then first you get the trophy and you get to pick uh, which card you want for next year. So. Very cool event. It's being put on by Family Time Games in Indiana. If you go on their Facebook page or their website, you can get all the information there. And if you can't make it, they're going to be streaming it on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash hangar19, all spelled out, all one word. And one last thing is Guns for Hire will be legal. So even if you haven't got your hands on it yet, they will allow proxies. So if you're wanting to try that out in preparation for regional season, they are allowing that. So, so sorry for the brief interrupt. But it looks like we've got all our audio issues figured out now, so we should be back on schedule. I will leave you with our latest episode. Hope you enjoy. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Colonet, welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, Pirate Lord, respected by few, feared by less, entertained by all. Joining me today is Lyle Hayers, better known as Sozin, the ship's quartermaster. What up, Lyle? Hey, man. Glad to be on the show. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little amped up as we've been waiting like two hours to record. Uh, we're apparently all collectively bad technology. I'm going to say as the captain, this is all my fault. But uh, also joining us today is 
Adam Foster, I guess we're gonna we're calling you FX because you don't have a nickname and you've just been given one and you're the ship stowaway. What's up, Adam? And so hey, hey thanks out, for having uh, me. 40 for uh, everybody who is unavailable to podcast tonight. Uh, so you're wondering, uh, well, who the hell is Adam Foster? And uh, we're going to get into that. So let's talk about uh, some recent news. Uh, there was a uh, auction that Nami Lee, he has the idea of a auction for the victims of Hurricane Harvey. He's from uh, northern Texas. Uh, I think he has a lot of connections with uh, Houston. And he posts all of this stuff and, and hits us up asking if there's anything we can do to help. And to be honest, like I didn't know off the top of my head what we could do, but I knew that we could at least offer up a guest spot on uh, the show. And Adam here won that option. So uh, congratulations, or I'm sorry, or whatever feelings you're feeling right now, um, you you asked for them, and welcome to the podcast. So thank you, and yeah. So what's up, Adam? Not too much. It's no, it's really great to be on. I've been a, a fan of the podcast for a long time, and no, it was really cool when I was you know, saw that there was a an opportunity to be on. I I jumped on it. So no, it's awesome to be here. So we're calling you the ship stowaway. How did you get on the uh, How did you get on the pirate ship? Yeah, I was just you know floating by in space, and uh, you know I had my wallet, and I was like, you know what, might as well throw some money at the window and see if they'll let me in. And you know, you guys were gracious enough to let me in. So I don't know if you've ever seen the episode or the the stowaway episode of Futurama where they pick up the drifter and he eats all of them. <laughs> but that's all I'm thinking of right now. Like Adam, Lyle, and I have finally we're finally alone. And we pick you up, and all hell breaks loose. The best, best possible um, time. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about Nami's auction, which is amazing. He put up, uh, you know, he basically reached out to the community, like, hey, I want to raise uh, a lot of money for Hurricane uh, Harvey relief. And basically, the community delivered. We're talking about multiple podcasts opened up and uh, said that they would uh, have people on their show, uh Zach Matthews said that he would insult somebody, and that was worth apparently two hundred dollars. Which I want to know that that better like how pressure does he have for for that insult? It has to be amazing. Anyway, it's like a whole bunch of regional dice, and there was an awesome set of templates that was put up, and the excellent community and 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 Nami put up uh, thirty one hundred dollars uh, more or less towards. Uh, towards Hurricane Harvey, and that's just absolutely amazing. So I want to thank Adam, because he's on our show, as well as anybody else who put up anything for that uh, cha- for that charity auction. We really, really appreciate it. Some cool stuff, by the way. You didn't mention Doug Kenny put up his 2012 World Championship mat. Yeah. Which uh, sold for 250 It's pretty awesome. There was a custom lightsaber that was put up. I wanted to buy that so, so badly, and I did not, and I, I feel bad about that. I do want to rub something in on you, Ricky, though. Uh-huh. Um, the Scum and Villainy seat went for 110, mm-hmm. but the Gold Squadron seat went for 114. <sighs> Why you gotta be like that? I was I was hyped up, and now and now I'm sad. This is what happens when we get alone. Hey, you can take solace in the fact that I paid a, technically 140 Canadian for it. So in my book, you guys won. Yeah, there we ah, go. That makes sense. Hence your nickname FX. Where did you mess up the conversion rate? What happened there? Apparently, I wasn't just paying attention, but uh, you know, in the end, it's totally worth it. Absolutely, uh, apparently. Um, 
Uh, so okay, so Adam, I hit you up and I said, you know, we can do basically whatever episode you want. And there's a couple of things that you wanted us to go over. So uh, I do want to go over them. We're skipping booty section this week because I don't think any of us actually have any booty to report right now, do we? Other than uh, an awesome uh, auction that we gave to, to to Houston, or we helped give. Um, I do have some kind of reverse booty. So Blair was down here in Portland last week okay. uh, working and he was like hey well, let's go to the you know your league night on Wednesday mm-hmm. down at the Portland game store so we went and uh, at first he was like you know last time I was down here the competition wasn't that good um, has it gotten any better I'm like yeah we're, we're getting much stronger so the only list he had on him was his uh, five ship rebel which he calls non heroes of the resistance that's two bees a stress hog and two bandits with tracers and so he, he he brings that, which as you know is his A game list. He's won a regional with it. Absolutely. He went like twelve twelve and one or thirteen and one in the system open at Endor. Um, and he proceeds to get stomped by one of my locals. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think that's why he was having quote unquote technical issues? Could be. Could be. I wanna put that in his mouth. I'm gonna get I'm going to yell that for this. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, reverse bounty. No one saw it, though, so no create templates. Um, anyways, you did want to talk about the new ships that are coming out, and we haven't had a chance to talk about Wave, or, you know, the it's Wave 13, right? They're actually calling it a Wave, those two ships? I thought it was the other half of Wave 12. Hold on, let me look at the I article. think it's actually Wave 13. I think it says in the article Wave 13 somewhere. Wow, it is. You yeah. guys are right. It's wave wave thirteen. Two ships, huh. two ships. Uh, wave thirteen. I bet we'll see some more though. I mean, this is probably the first run of the uh, Last Jedi starships, right? I am hoping you're right. I don't think you are, but I'm hoping you're right. Just for A wings, you know. I, there's a lot of talk about me wanting to see what the new A wings are. I'm lukewarm to it, but if there is a ship that is a low PS blocker that's actually good. I'm all in. Cool. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Wave 13. Uh, so let's see, uh, but kind of zooming out before we do, the overall kind of structure of tonight's episode is going to be us talking about Wave 13. And then basically the thing that Adam won is he gets to do Q&A with us and ask us any questions he wants. So he's sure. selected three questions, which he's going to ask us, which you and I can field. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we are going to jump into the alt format winner. We received over 30 alt formats from the interwebs. We got some really good ones. We've kind of come to conclusion of the, our first, second, and third place winners, and uh, or at least our first, second, third place votes. And we are ready to share that with with you guys. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, the, there are so many good alt formats. I'm I, I'm super hyped to check that out. And I, okay, let's get into wave 13. Let's do this. But we're going to talk about some alt formats because it'll be, you know, a nice transition anyways. So, all right, so two ships. There was the bomber, they're calling it the BSF-17 bomber. That is that, I don't know, it kind of looks like... uh, How would you describe this ship? It kind of looks like a boomerang. Yeah, like... Yeah, with like giant jowls or whatever. Anyways, it's a weird looking ship. model looks really cool. I, I think it looks I think it looks ridiculous. I don't know what you guys are smoking. Clearly not the same thing that I am, but I think that it looks kind of ridiculous personally. I don't I don't like the look of that ship. That being said, I think that this ship does have some interesting 
things about it. For sure. So let's see. It's a. It's got a faction. Is the resistance faction, which is the mm-hmm. new, um, you know, episode six, seven, or seven, eight, and nine faction. Yes. Uh, for actions, it's got only for focus and target lock, which I guess is okay. No barrel roll or boost. What we've seen in the past is that ships that don't have repositioning abilities tend to not be very popular in this game. Yes. And then finally, um, it's a large ship, which would I guess would explain the $40 price tag. Yes, we're, we'll get into that. It's got two red attack dice, one green agility dice, nine hull, three shields, a front firing arc. It does have a turret firing arc, and we don't know the dial yet. So we do know that it's got a three bank. That's about the most of it. So with this ship, we know how much the the leader is, and he's 29. So theoretically, six, seven points. Yeah, so Crimson Leader, who's a PS7, is 29 points, like you said. Mm-hmm. So presumably the cheapest one will be... Somewhere between 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there, depending on how, you know, how much power creep they want to continue to enter the game. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention its slots. It's got a system slot, two bomb slots, and a tech slot. So yeah, it's a it's a bomber, right? Um, so let's talk about um, Adam. So Adam, what do you think about uh, the bomber? Are you are you hyped for this ship? Like on a scale of one to one to ten, like where are you on this ship? Honestly, I'm probably about a four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's I love bombers. I mean, rebel bombers specifically. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge K wing player, but uh, I mean, this really doesn't do much for me some of the upgrades maybe um but you know the ship itself not nothing spectacular it's got a lot of hit points yeah look at all that health <laughs> i mean it's got a ton of hit points yeah it, the the native the two attack dice is you know uh one agility n- uh, not amazing and it, yeah lots of lots of uh lots of hull but uh things nowadays with the amount of dice things can throw might chew through that real quick so I think that really what we need to talk about with this expansion is, you know, you mentioned bombs and a system slot that came out, which is trajectory simulator. I think that's kind of where you're going at for hype level, right? Yeah, it's it, that's one of the most interesting ones for sure, because, you know, what it, well, first off, what does launch bombs mean compared to drop? And that's been a topic of discussion. Uh, launching at five forward, which everyone assumes you launching out the front uh, the front guides is and could be a very interesting mechanic yeah the it's a one point upgrade where you can launch a bomb it says launch so I'm gonna make the assumption that it's in the front of your ship and you could launch a bomb in front of you although you um, I guess you can't use an action button so do you do that before you move is that after you move Lyle like walk me through that I think it's going to happen before you move, but the guys on Reddit think that we're going to need to understand the timing windows of this thing first, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just based on the card itself, it's not clear when these things are going to go off in terms of the timing window. This thing. Sure. So, so you're saying that like this could potentially be launched during combat. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't know what launch means, so I mean anything's possible. Yep. Let's let's run into the assumption that it's during the movement phase. How good is that? I mean, it seems ridiculous. It's great, especially with low PS. You can kind of anticipate where people are going to be and hit them with it. And with a high PS, you can, you know, you can just shoot them. Like for example, if I'm Nim, 
I can, uh, let's assume it's on activation. I shoot it forward five, I advance sensor, drop a uh, bomb behind me. Now I've dropped, I've launched one bomb forward five, I've dropped the other bomb. You know, you're looking at two bombs pretty close to each other, which feels pretty mean spirited to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it seems really good. Um, it's the Rebomasense. Sable yeah. did not know what he was getting us into. Yeah, like they thought they saw him do the Proxmine thing. They're like, oh, that's really fun. And then they just hit, turn the volume up to 20. Um, yeah, the worst thing about this is that you it's, know, a you're, it's a point. And let's say, let's say you're rocking Sabine, right? Mm-hmm. So I heard you like Sabine, Ricky. Yes, I think she's incredibly good. Yeah, so there's this card called Rattled, which mm-hmm. if you, uh, you can read it, and it basically says that it's a condition, and when you suffer damage from a bomb, you're going to suffer one additional critical damage, and then remove this card. If I've got Sabine on board, I can hit you with a Sabine damage, and then I can put some bonus critical damage on top with that regular damage. And now you're basically taking two damage without any, without, you know, you can't control it. You know, you've got no, uh, what do the crates guys like to call this? They call it agency. agency. They call there it agency, yeah. Um, there goes more agency. With I, wasn't, I wasn't going to say those words on these podcasts, but here, here you made me up. made me do it. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, in reality, it does. Like, there's nothing you can do about those two points. You can either avoid it through flight, which is incredibly difficult, or you can just simply plan to take that much damage during your game via this this system. Now... We don't know what launch does, so I mean it could be anything. But I mean that that does seem like a realistic possibility with this ship. Um, in the end, we're going to have to deal with it, but that is something that uh, is there. So you want to talk about ordnance silos because this is a BSF seventeen bomber only upgrade. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up. All right. So limited to just the the bomber, and when you equip this card, you put three ordnance tokens on each of your other equipped bomb upgrade cards. When you're instructed to discard the upgrade card, you can instead discard that ordnance token. So, so it's like, it's, it's like it's extra munitions. Extra, extra munitions. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah. Because I heard you like bombs, Ricky, and yo yeah. dog, I got some more bombs <laughs> for your bombs. I put some bombs on your bombs. I mean, in the end, like, you know, like I have, my issue with bombs is that I, that I like A-wings and they have no hit points. I don't. I don't know what to do. I think. I think the cat's out of the bag with bombs. Like, there. Like, there's nothing we can do. We're just gonna have to deal with launch bombs for the rest of our existence. Yeah, in X Wing, and that's, that's it. Right. That's it. So, like, we just gotta get past it. I'm trying not to be negative about it. Like, these bombs are here. I have to deal with them. I'm not allowed to play X Wing A Wings anymore. Right. Like, yep. I have. To, I have to like internalize that, and it makes me sad. But at least, like, I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm too acceptance now. Indeed. So, actually, I have a question for Adam. Adam, you got into this game as of The Force Awakens, right? Wasn't that when you came into it? Yeah, the first real list I ran was a version of Paul's uh, Worlds list, but instead of Poe, uh, Miranda. So, presumably, like, K-Wings were a, a thing for you when you first started? Definitely have. I mean, looking at when, you know, Bomblet Generator first came out, I thought it would be ridiculous and yeah it's ridiculous uh and it just seems like they've kind of doubled down um with the ability to just do crazy crazy different things with bombs and now I give you a card that's you know the same amount of points as extra, muni- extra munitions but pretty much better um so it's 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 interesting it's i like bombs but you know i think we're going to a place where <laughs> i you know people have been calling it bomb wing i don't really want to get to that point but uh 
you know, I think we're slowly approaching that point. So, but at the moment, I think it's okay. All right, so let's talk about some of the other cards that you can kind of, if you squint your eyes enough or zoom in, you can see it. The good folks over at Reddit, this is in our show notes, have gone in and kind of figured this out for us. So uh, one of the upgrades cards, we think it's gonna be called Cross Guard Formation. It's a BSF only, it's a title. Mm -hmm. And when defending, if there's at least one other resistance bomber at range one to two, the attacker, you can add one evade result, is what we think it's gonna be. That's not bad at all. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And that's like DR1. Every time someone shoots at you, it's sort of similar to, uh, you know, the way the um, the Ozotek gunship has its reinforce action. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's it's pretty tanky, and that and this thing does come with nine, like nine hit points, which is not a small amount for a twelve, barely... dude, twelve hit points. Yeah, math. I can't math today. Okay, you let's be fair. Okay. I have like. Full disclosure, Hollownet, I have been drinking uh, beer pre-podcast, uh, trying to figure out our technical issues, and now we're here, and everything's a little hazy, and math is a little hard, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but at 12 hit points, that's even better for the amount of uh, amount of points that you're spending on that ship. I mean, the ship is really cheap. Yeah, especially if the generic's 25. You field four of them, and you're rocking 48 hit points. I mean, can can you do uh, can you do five launchers uh, and uh, those ships? I mean, it like, doesn't say they're look, unique, so that's, <laughs> that's I'm gonna do that. I don't care. I'm Embrace the bombs, that. Ricky. Embrace I'm them. Gonna, I'm just gonna let it wash over me. And you're gonna, gonna spend gonna... <laughs> 120 bucks on uh, on that list, but. No, I'll borrow it from people. That's what other Excuse me, 160 are for. bucks. My bad. It's 40 That bucks. is that's what other people are for. Are we going to get into the price should we get into the price tag now? No, let's talk, talk about the silencer first. Let's talk about the Okay, so that is primarily what we know about the bombers or anything else that we need to cover before moving over. It looks like there's a new bomb. So there's that. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me I see it's got some Connor nets. Oh, there it is. A little mm-hmm. tiny thing. Mhm. Huh. Yeah, there's going to be a new bomb. Um, I don't know what it is, but I mean, we'll find out. Uh, bet you it delivers rattled or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the silencer, though, because the silencer, it's a little unfortunate that Tyler's not here for this episode because he's, oh my, globbing this, uh, this ship due to the fact that it resembles sort of like a beefier version of the TIE Interceptor and sort of what the TIE Interceptor can do. So it's the TIE Silencer, which is, you know, most people will know that as Kylo Ren's ship. And let's jump into the stats on it. So you want to break the stats down, Lyle? Actually, I'm going to give it to Adam, dude. It's all you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam, throw that in there. Awesome, yeah. So, you know, as you said, TIE Silencer and the First Order faction, uh, Actions, you know, it's got a full list, barrel, boost, focus, target lock. Missing that natural evade action, though, which is interesting. Um, a small base ship, um, and again, we'll get, we'll get into the cost of that um, for the price tag. And then three attack, three agility, four hull, uh, two shields with a uh, front-facing arc. Yeah, in terms of upgrade slots, it's got a system slot, a tech slot, title and mod why did i feel like can can you uh, break this down for me because this is something that i was thinking about earlier that i haven't had a full moment to sort of digest what do you think about 
having a system slot and a tech slot. It always seemed like the high-tech early ships had sensor slots and or system slots or whatever they're called. And the system. yeah, and the newer ships, the newer era ships had tech slots. And now it, this one has both. And I guess it's like super high-tech. Like walk me through that. It, it seems like that system was an old universe thing and the tech slot was a new universe thing and am i reading too much into that or is that something that i just made up in my head i mean you're the star wars expert man you tell me uh, but, but in general it's felt that way right i think so um i guess the question is you know we're going to start seeing some cool combos based on combining system and tech yeah. which they're both and very good slots so there's that yeah they're really good and tyler thinks we will um there is a card there that reddit leaves um, is going to be called advanced optics and it's cannot have more than one focus token but during the end phase don't remove an unused focus token from your ship so this is kind of like poe is going to love this upgrade mm-hmm. and presumably kylo will as well it's kind of like the um you know there's the evade version of this comms relay but as you recall with the tech slot i don't think there's a lot of combos yet with the system slot but you know i'm not a master of combo wing i kind of peaked at wave three so huh. i'm not really sure i'm sure people will come up with some crazy so let's and... so here's a, there's a couple of things that like need to be pointed out about this ship and that's definitely there's been a lot more like great imperial hope with this ship even though it's pretty expensive but i'm gonna let's walk through the combo as we know it that makes this ship so good um i think i should start with the fact that we know that it has a green to hard turn just like the tie interceptor why that's important is they can turn every single round and then push the limit which allows them to take two actions just like the tie interceptor Uh, the couple of cool things that they can do above and beyond that though is they can either take um advanced sensors sensors. is the is the first one you think of all the What's the tech slot that lets you do sort of like a pseudo advanced sensors? Um, it's it not is, prime thrusters; it's, it's the other pat- one. pattern, pattern analyzer. analyzer. Yeah, sorry, about? I just I don't yeah. fly the new ships so, enough. Um, anyways, yeah, when you're checking the maneuver, you can resolve the check pilot stress after your perform action. So that works similarly. It's kind of like a cheaper version of advanced sensors. Either way, now it now you're able to take both of your actions and hard turn every single round which is very and very good it, yeah. in i mean very good let me quote tyler here uh he put this in our slack channel make sure you cover the absolutely bonkers pants on head stupid ability of having ptl and advanced sensors on a ship with a green turn yeah so so why don't you walk me through why that's so good someone will probably do an echolocation visualization from this but the basic idea is that i can put myself pretty much anywhere on the board within my kind of maneuverability range and not be stressed, which, you know, you can be like, I want to put my ship here and boom, you're there. So this is going to be an extremely maneuverable, hard to predict ship because of that combo. Adam, what do you think of the TIE silencer? Yeah, I think, you know, with yeah the two hard green with advanced sensors, we've you know, seen lately how good advanced sensors can be with the maneuverability that this ship has. It's It can... It can be a lot of places, and it becomes very almost well, pretty much impossible to block. So, um, 
even though you know the majority of the talk has been about how much the the point cost of the ship, I think it's just fine, and I think it's going to be. I think you know the good Imperial players will find a very very nice use for this. Let's 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 jump right into that because that is a very good point. The ship does cost a lot, and the important one that people are talking about, and I guess is in the end. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping that there is a lower PS ship that is better than Kylo Ren. I'm hoping that beyond hope because I love really strong mid PS ships. It just makes the meta more interesting. I don't know. I just uh, yeah. Typically, I've never been a big fan of. I've always done lower PS, so I've never been a big fan of just hyper PS eleven PS. You must love the current wave, pal. Uh, you know. That's one of the reasons why I love the idea of Snapshot so much, that you can punish a higher PS ship by guessing where they'd be and dealing them damage. I love that sort of gameplay. So if if I had better weapons for, for that, I would I would like it. Uh, I wouldn't mind the, uh, the high PS meta, but it would probably drop a little bit if those tools were better. Anyways, let's jump into Kylo Ren. Uh, Kylo Ren is is PS9, which is the important part. Gives you, I'll show you the dark side, our favorite uh, our favorite condition, and it's thirty five points. Now, the build that that Tyler's given us, because in the end I, I trust his judgment, it says to be about forty five points for your list when that's push limit, auto thrusters, advanced sensors, and then the title. So forty-five points. So let's talk about the title. Yeah, go ahead, um, jump in because we haven't yet. Yeah, so it's called First Order Vanguard, Tie Silencer only, and when attacking, if the defender is the only ship in your firing arc at range one three, you can re-roll attack die. One attack. Kind of like target locking. Yeah, or like a predator, mm-hmm. I guess. When defending, you can discard the card entirely to re-roll all of your defense dice. Okay, so you can. So most of the time, you can re-roll for attack dice, but in an emergency. You you can kick it and reroll. Yeah, it's a shame you can't reroll bomb damage. <laughs> that's what palps for. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of the default build, right? PTL, auto thrusters, advanced sensors, and title. Forty five. All right, points. so forty five points for a six hit point ship that can't regen. So it seems like a lot. Now let me be fair, like. I am now admittedly less good at this game than I was before, but that seems like a lot of points for a, a ship that can die and is almost half your half your list, right? Like, what am I missing? Like, is this is this OP and I just don't realize it yet? I don't I don't know the horror that's coming or or talk me into this. Sure, I mean I think the idea here. I mean let's pair him with Rear, Rear Admiral Shear now, right? Sure. Um, so Chirpy is 45, excuse me, 46 points. And with engine upgrade, he's 50 points. I think engine upgrade is kind of stapled to Yeah, yeah, the it's rack. just too good on large bases. Yeah. So now you've got Chernow and Kylo Ren. So, and I think we're probably going to cover this next episode, is that, you know, Chernow kind of feels like with Kylo Ren, it, you know, it is kind of the, the, the only overpowered combo that the Imperials have right now. And it is unquestionably so, the best Imperial combo right now. It doesn't seem like they have a swarm. And then they've got, I guess, Alpha Strike, right? And that's all I can think yeah. about. Yeah. And Alpha, I mean, maybe Alpha will come through, but based on what we're seeing with the tournament results, 
you know, those like high PS alpha strike lists just aren't cutting mm-hmm. it. Ricky, I'm not sure. Maybe this is, you know, like me, like me, you're sort of a wave three to five type guy. Uh-huh. You have to kind of embrace the two ship meta, dude. Yeah. I mean, we are in a, a two ship, three ship meta. Everything is really expensive. Tons of upgrades. It's like a big Christmas tree. Blair is like the and last swarm hope of of us. He is, yeah. <laughs> but I think if you want to be competitive right now, you gotta you know, you have to be willing to consider flying a two ship build. Especially with turrets and bombs. I think that an interesting part of this would be the fact that for the you know, the TIE Silence for Kylo Ren pilot, you He's built. He's built for in a way that you don't want to get hit. But with the ability, it's not the because it isn't the action assign. It's the when you are hit, you assign. So for him to actually assign, the, I'll show you the dark side. He actually has to get hit by an attack. Oh, good point. Right, right. I was assuming it was like the crew card, which it isn't. So Thank you. it That's seems like it's counter a little bit counterintuitive because you don't want to get hit because he's, he's built like an interceptor. But the you have he's to got, get hit. But he's got enough hit. He's got six hit points, which isn't you know terrible. True, very true. You can sacrifice a shield to you know throw that PS0 on Nim for sure. You know, I would say this thing would be, uh, you know, maybe beaten by blocking, but that's laughable and sad, and they got rid of that option immediately with advanced sensors. There's that, so. Hooray. Could you use baffle and lose your shield that way? That counts as damage, right? No, because you're not hit. You're not hit. The first time you're hit okay. by an attack. Uh, so it's got to be hit by yep. an attack. Yep. Okay. Yep. I like where your head's at. Huh. It's too bad. So it almost feels like that you prefer to have Kylo on rack, right? I would say the action dealing it out is way more effective than letting yourself be. Okay. Like, in in, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think PS9 is very important. Although on this list, with this ship, I mean... Not if Nim's down to zero. If you can get Nim down to PS zero, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially with advanced sensors, you're going to have your two actions. So there is that. Uh, but I feel like PS nine is really good. Kylo Ren being PS nine is it almost hurts my my poor Star Wars feelings, right? Like I understand that as a, in balance in games that there should be a number of PS9s and that this ship would will do better that now that it has a PS9. But the thought that Kylo Ren is PS9 when he wasn't before... I mean, okay, we don't know the movie, but I don't expect a Rocky-like, you know, TIE fighter fighting piloting regimen in, in this movie, right? Dude, this guy can stop laser beams with, with the that force. That means that he should be good in Imperial Assault. <laughs> You know, like that's it doesn't mean that he should be good in in a ship else that Wedge should be PS4 because he doesn't have the force. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Just it's bugging me Um, and it shouldn't bug me. It's you know, it's game design and it's fine. And somebody's got to be the PS9 pilot, but it still bugs me in lore. Yeah. So how, how about this? Maybe there'll be another pilot that isn't Kylo Ren. That's like PS7 or PS8. Mm-hmm. You, you put VI on him. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you don't get the PTL tricks, which is too bad, but um, Chirpy can take Kylo, and you're off to the races, right? You've got or the pilot ability so good that you know you're picking him over Kylo. I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. crossing my fingers. You might do it that crossing way. my fingers. But I mean, I, I think maybe zooming out, like and again, we're gonna talk about this next week. Let's start with Chirpy Kylo as your default sort of 
great white hope for the Imperials. Mm-hmm. You know, we've looked at Vader, we've looked at Quickdraw, we've looked at Whisper, um, you know, as your sort of tier one ships to go with Chirpy. Hopefully, the Silencer will. I mean, we are. I think Kylo is going to be very good, but maybe there's another one in there that's also going to be very good that will pair with him. I'm open, so it'd be neat. You know, anything that kind of brings the PS wing down, I'm, I'm into. Yeah, and by the way, there is a PS7 TIE Silencer pilot. It's called Blackout. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't know its ability. So we'll see. Uh, I do want to get into, I did mention this beforehand, but um, let's talk about the pricing of these ships because uh, I kind of want to get into it. The bombers forty and the the silencer is thirty. The silencer is a small base ship that's thirty dollars. Has there ever been a small base ship that's been thirty dollars? This is terrible image, you know, analysis on Reddit, but I think the silencer is about the same size and plastic as the U wing is, but the U wing's large, so they just wanted this ship to be small. I mean, you even look at it on the peg and it looks really large for the peg and and the bomber actually looks almost small almost like i think the bomber's pro- the silencer it is but the silence the silencer looks like they absolutely wanted to buy plastic keep it um keep it to scale because that's one of the things that they're proud of is it's x-wing is you know relatively to scale epic's not perfectly to scale but X-Wings relatively to scale relative to each other's ships. Close enough. And the Silencer is a small base purely because small base just makes it more powerful. And I, I think that's fair, but it kind of it does bug me a little bit. I mean, am I am I alone in that? Like, talk me off a ledge on this. Uh, I can't. Maybe Adam can. <laughs> in terms of justifying the price? Yeah, yeah, like, or, or even the Silencer being a small base ship, because I don't think it should be a small base ship. I think by size it should be large if the U-Wing is large or the U-Wing should be small. It's one of those things that I think they wanted, very clearly wanted to make an intercept, well, a new First Order Interceptor, and the movie dimensions look like, even from the tra- some of the trailers, it looks like that, or the, some of the pictures of it in the movie, it looks huge. It does look big on screen. Um so it's which also confuses me about the bomber because that looks bigger on screen as well but that is a large big ship but it, yeah i'm interested to see wh- how big it actually is if, if it you know the image is just making it look bigger than it actually is or if it will just be you know oversized for a small base uh, ship how much does the uh ewing msrp for about to find out um so depending on what the ewing msrp is for if it's ballpark and yeah 25 so it's a, I'll call it ballpark even with the U-Wing. So it's priced about the same as a U-Wing is. And I imagine that the bomber's priced with around the same as a large base then. So I guess that's where they're at here. Just like the sizing of it and the base of it seems weird. And I think also what you potentially are paying for a little bit here is the amount of cards you're getting mm-hmm. uh, in, in the pack. Because you're getting two auto thrusters, you're getting two prime thrusters. Um, and I mean, you really can't overstate auto thrusters yeah. finally being available in another pack other than the Star Viper. Star Vipers are good though, right? They will be. They're good now. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few weeks, hopefully. 
Okay, so that is the new wave. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about on the new wave that you, you want to cover before we before we let Adam do some Q and A for the the podcast? Nope, I'm good. Sweet. So let's jump into it. So Adam you said you had some shit you wanted to cover. Some Blair, I'm sorry. The uh, and uh, you wanted to cover some stuff, and you had a couple of questions for us. One of them was, can we cover the new? The new wave. You're welcome. What what else uh, What else did you want us to cover? Yeah, so I had a few ideas, and you know, f- for the fact that you know, for the since the first time, you know, since I've been playing, this is the first real competitive off season I've been in, and uh, so I'm kind of I really don't know what to do with my hands at this point. So um, my I was gonna is, ask you is guys. Is that a what... Ricky Bobby reference? <laughs> it isn't. Uh... Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, <laughs> Um, but my, you know, I would definitely wanted to see, you know, for you guys when, you know, you guys do have this bit of an off season, what your preferred way of, you know, spending the time is. Do you really like kind of take, taking a break from it, playing, you know, alternative versions, or do you just kind of like to stay in competitive mode? Yeah, you're right. It's been a long time. It's been like, what, almost, like you said, two years since we had It, it almost doesn't feel real, right? Like, I feel like I've been doing solid emergency X-Wing coverage for two years. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that just blows my mind. I like the last time we did like like X-wing league and stuff was that long ago. I know. Well, I mean, I guess for me, I've got league night every Wednesday, um, so I love doing that. It's just great. So I'm going to continue to do that. Let's see, Vassal League signups just finished today, and we've got three hundred and I think three hundred fifty or three hundred sixty people signed up. One thing I will say for for Vassal League is people quit all the time. They do. And not all the time, but, you know, a solid amount do. So it's easy to get. It's important, to, if you want to play, to get on a wait list and contact Kyle Mydell. I don't know if we've got a... Is there an email for the Vassal League, Lyle, that you know? League at gmail.com. Hit those guys up. So... They generally want to keep games filled for their league, so they often will accept people in. Um, either way, email them as if you want to check out uh, Vassal League. I think that league play is super, super important. Anyway, so, Lyle, I don't want to cut you off, but before talking about Oh, Vassal no worries. League, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see, what else? We uh, got the Evergreen Cup coming up, which you and I are going to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, break down. I don't think we've talked about the Evergreen Cup at least recently. So, break down what is the Evergreen Cup? Sure. So, Evergreen Cup is going to happen up in the Seattle area this year, like it did last year. And the basic idea is it's three man teams, and each man on the team gets one faction. So, for example, you know, I might get Imperials, you might get Scum, and Blair might get uh, Rebel. Okay. And. What happens is we play matches against other teams, but the twist is that as, I think it's five or six matches, as we progress, we have to rotate our list. So I might play the, you know, scum the first match. You might have to play scum the second match. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, we'll each have played everyone else's list is the basic idea. And, you know, it's the best team wins. I think it's a Swiss-style format. So as you go forward, you know, the, you should emerge with a, a winner at the end. And they've got, I believe, over thirty teams have have signed up. 
and there still is time to sign up. I think they're taking it all the way up to October 10th. So if you're listening to this and you want to join, you're up in the Pacific Northwest, or if you're Ricky and you are <laughs> flying up to the Pacific Northwest on Patreon Dime, thank you very much, yes. Patreons. I've now depleted all of our coffers buying you airplane tickets and hotel rooms. Pirate booty, right? It's pirate Something booty, like for sure. Yeah. So it should be really good. I'm super, super stoked about the Evergreen Cup, primarily because I get to hang out with you and Blair for the weekend and see a bunch We're of great gonna, X-Wing people. Blair is going to listen to this. I am I am planning on every spice for Blair and just to see what happens. <laughs> Just like mix them all up and chuck them at them just to like see what happens. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So Adam, I know you're in Vancouver. Are you coming down for this? Unfortunately not. Uh, there's uh, no lot with work going on up here. I uh, unfortunately can't make it, but I know there are a couple guys that are coming down um, for the event. Uh, I wish I could come, but uh, no, it sounds like a lot of fun. All right. So I am super focused on us winning. I feel like we need a statement win as a team and I really, like, Lyle, I'm all in, buddy. But I'm just curious, Adam, if you could if pick a, a scum, rebel, and imperial list for us to fly. Like, I'm not, we're not going to guarantee to do it. I'm just curious on what you would do if you had to pick three lists uh, to go to for a team event. It's funny because you want to, whoever your teammates are, you want to play to their strengths, right? So if, you know, it, depending on who's on the team, but... You know, Imperial, I think it's I think it's hilarious that Imperials now have TLT. So Imperial, you know, quad TLT aggressors, you know, on the Imperial side. I think that could be fun. Um, nice. I like that. I'm not commenting, Lyle, about this suggestion that I've never heard of for the first time. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, Kelvin, Kelvin's been trying to get us to do a, a TLT list, but Blair and I are resisting. Anyway, so, so, so there you go. But what would you do for... So you would do... Hold up. My question was, would you do four aggressors or would you do three with Jonas? Because those are the two versions, right? And I don't know what the four right aggressors. answer is. Yeah. Okay. Four aggressors with lightweight frame all the way. Okay, cool. Cool, just because you just um, want those dice out. Oh, yeah. And it's with the the fact that with the aggressors having you no know, lightweight frame and just and you can split them up really easily and chase around the board. I, just, I you know, the very maneuverable, I, my buddy of mine, he, uh, he basically is always flying at the moment. So I've gotten a really got a chance to see it lately. So... Um, yeah, that, I, I would definitely take that. Cool. What would you do for Scum or Rebel? Um, you know, it, it's Scum Scum is interesting right now because we kind of moved past the mind link phase uh, of Scum and they're kind of exploring new things. And I and we just talked about Star, Star Vipers. I, I think I'd want to try to take, you know, maybe a Thweak. Yes! Um, take, you know, there's going to be a lot of different, uh, you know, types of ships there. So there might be some interesting combos you can steal for, for abilities and um, throw in some, you know, I think the, uh, I think uh, the Shadowcaster hasn't gotten enough love lately as well. So if you can combo that for, with some mind link and then maybe throw a, a third ship in there, I don't know what the third ship might be. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely, I think, you know, I don't know how much stress giving is going to be at, you know, the, everyone's thinking about flying. So, um, a three ship scum. The shirt and then, ship is you know, Fen, dude. It's Fen Rao. <laughs> sh- yeah. Is it Fen? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, but I was like, maybe Talonbane. Just nah, have all the nah, new stuff. It's Fen. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Rebels, I mean, you know, bomb, bomb your way to victory. Always bomb. So maybe do some uh, Miranda Nim or uh, Dash Nim. My, Dash Nim is my preferred flavor at the moment, but, uh, um, you know, all the bombs you can. Well, um,. I agreed with you on one of those, but I'm really happy that we have this for our discussion. What do you think? What do you think, Lyle? Yeah, you know, 
I mean, I don't want to give up too, too much information because I think some people in the Northwest listen to this podcast. And I, I want for our podcast to represent at that tournament. So, Look, all I'm going to say is if we go A-Wings, they're not going to accept. They won't. They'll be like, what? Snapshot A-Wings? What? Nora? And then, and then we'll burn them down. Like, here's the thing. I think that someone like Blair especially would murder with A-Wings. Yeah, you know, it's hard to... No one takes him... No one takes him... It's hard to list a design around Blair because he's such a philosopher when it comes to X-Wing, you know? He... Yeah, Blair tells us what's good. Yeah. Well, and he's a, he doesn't want to fly cheese. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of hard to not fly cheese. Like, if I was like, hey, Blair, let's fly Nim, he'd be like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. Even though I think Nim's a very competitive choice right now, so. Mm-hmm. Kamikaze. Huh? Yeah, I like Kamikaze. That's, it's a good list. I love that list. Okay, so we're getting off All right, topic. so wait, Adam. Wait, wait, I have one more thing I'm doing, um, competitive okay. X-Wing-wise. So... Uh, me and some guys in Portland hit upon an idea earlier this year, which was, what if we were to take the top two finishers at all the store championships in town, um, which would be 10 people, five stores, and have them play in a round-robin tournament to determine the greater Portland champion? Nice. Yeah, so we're doing that, and we're making custom focus tokens, custom evade tokens, custom templates, custom target locks, Um this is from the guy, uh, Curled Paw, down in Alabama, who does amazing work. And he actually finished top eight in nationals this year, U.S. nationals. Anyways, check him out on, on Etsy. It's where I got my acrylics. They're, they're awesome. So that is going to happen probably sometime in November, December. I'm starting to prepare for that because I won one of the store championships here in Portland. And so I'm really stoked. So Can we talk about uh, the round robin league real quick, like that format? Yeah, so I really like Ron Robin because you should be able to determine really the strongest player because you get a chance to play everyone. And in Swiss... My, my question for you is, do you guys get to pick uh, lists ahead of time? Like, basically, like, I know I'm going to be playing you, right? And so I pick a list, and you pick a list, and then we fly it, or is it the same one? All the we way haven't around? figured that out yet, actually. I mean, I, I think that our two choices are either you just pick a list, show up, and play everyone... Or you pick two lists, show up, and you know you play the um, the, the dial. Ah, game. so this will be a this will be a this will be a tournament that you do in a day. Yeah, that's the goal. We want to get it done in oh, one okay, day. Okay, 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 cool. So yeah, I prefer doing that over the. I like doing that for a league, obviously, because that's what we did for you know aces. But I love that. I love that format for a league. I think that's you. If if you can get a group of people that you know are going to play every single week. And, and are willing to play a game every single week, I think it's great. Because then you get to start uh, gaming against that person and psyching out that person. So I think, Kelvin, you, you have to answer this question too, man. What's uh, what's your off-season going to look right, like? All so, right, so the off-season. We haven't done an off-season in so long. It feels crazy. But the things that I'm doing, I'm still going to League Night, and League Night has... This this um, I'm helping run uh, Pawn and Pints League Night in Kansas City, and we're doing this year I believe it's aces. So basically, whoever wins the most points in one evening is the ace, and then the next night if you beat that person you get more points because you took down the ace. Something like that, some sort of Top Gun format, which will be pretty fun. Um, I'm doing that, which is like a minimum level of X-Wing. I've got the kid coming soon, and so I'll be honest, like, I'm 
kind of purposefully tempering myself to see how much time I'm going to be spending taking care of a newborn, which I hear, uh, by the way, is high. Lyle, you can probably verify that. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a lot of work, man, but it's also super fun. So I think you I think I think you're gonna yeah, love it. But but a lot of work though is the point that I'm kind of getting at. So I I'm not purposely jumping into any leagues, although I'm thinking about maybe doing a Kansas City one. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I I there is the Vassa League, which if I didn't have a kid, I probably would be jumping into, and I can't recommend the Vassa League enough. Um, another thing that I'm doing is generally just playing X-Wing with whoever I can that I haven't like played with in a while. I think it's important to sort of take a step back and kind of check out the other versions of the game, etc. And I'm going to probably be doing a little bit of that too. So I'm still going to be playing. I think that weekly league play is kind of imperative in this sort of season. The reason being is I you, you, you discover a lot of interesting combos when you go out and try stuff. And a lot of times that's good. Sometimes that ends up with Dangaroo. But league play is where we find that stuff. And I'm really excited for that to be sort of the norm going forward. Also, we can cover a lot more different stuff. We don't have to cover, you know tournament results every single week we can go and do an a-wing episode we can do other stuff so that's the sort of stuff that i'm going to be doing in the off season and i'm super looking forward to it so there's that uh what uh, this is your first off season what do you have in your area adam you know it's funny we've had we have you know we at our local stores here we have some monthly tournaments but you know since store championships i've really just taken a step back a little bit played some casual games but that's about it taking us you know Step back to breathe because I played a, a lot during store championship season and uh, um, but upcoming there's uh, I know there's some stuff in the works up here I really like the idea um, you know you guys had for the uh, you know, champ the first and second place finishers for uh, store champs although up here it'd be Kalen uh, Wong because he uh, dominated our store championship season up here it'd be uh, he'd be uh, you know have a lot of entries but uh, no I like that idea but. Definitely, I think for me, it's taking uh, a little bit of a breather from it, uh, enjoying the peace and quiet before regional season really kicks in. Yeah, we're all kind of in the same boat. Like, considering it's been two years of X Wing, I like actually thinking about that right now, like, kind of tires me out a little bit. Just thinking about, like, we made it. Like, Lyle, we made it. I know, dude. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. It was fun, though. It was a pretty good run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just still, like, I can't believe we made it. There have been entire podcasts that have started, released a ton of episodes, and died in in this time frame. And we're still alive! Hey, man. The pirate ship still lives! Yes! You guys are the OGs. I think we're probably the oldest uh, standing, running podcast now, right? I think that the we were, popularly, we were the first uh, X-Wing podcast. I think actual timeline, I can only think of one podcast that started before we did. Was that Nova or was that Scott? Scott's thing. Okay, so Scott and um, another guy had a podcast that they invited me on. And it had like two or three episodes and it died out. And then Froggy's... Died out or did you kill it? I didn't kill it. I didn't even think about it. That would be very piratical. You're like, nice podcast you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. 
Mm-hmm. The, the sad thing is, is that know. all of the, the stories all froggies. Like, like he was the one who said, he said to me and Greg uh, after the first worlds because he, Greg and I do nothing but shit talk each other. So he's like, that's funny, and he wanted to talk some X Wing with us, and we just started doing it. And then I think we invited theorists next, and I think we invited you next, Lyle. So you were like the fourth or second person we invited on if i think that's right the timeline of that's yep. right i don't want to go too deep into this i'll think about x-wing i'll think about scum and villainy history for like <laughs> way too long anyways yeah let's keep going uh, we got two more questions from adam yeah yeah what yeah so adam uh what were what some of the other things you wanted to ask us yeah so considering again since i joined you know the metas shifted so much so much and it was vastly different uh, before i joined uh, so for you guys being you know from you've been playing the game for a while longer than me what does what does your ideal meta look like is it is it jousters versus arc dodgers is is it turret wing is it bomb wing like what for you what's what is your ideal way to play i okay i do have a take on this i'm ready all right so i prefer there was a time in this is a thing that you can tell how, how people how when people started playing X Wing based on when they talk about when the best meta was. Uh, for me, since I've been playing for it feels like a jillion years, uh, Wave Three obviously is the one that I liked the most. But something I will say about Wave Three in the the way I processed uh, that that early game meta was through PS right. So it was initially low PS beats high PS, mid PS beats low PS, and high PS beats mid PS. And utilizing the like utilizing the advantage you bought for yourself uh, was like was very interesting to me. And I would like that back. I would like something to where you could run low PS generic ships and buy anticipating correctly be able to take out some of these high ps ships um and then in middle ps have the ability to be low ps so wait pause right there you're saying that one aspect of an ideal meta for you is that generics are represented is what you're saying yes In, in the grand scheme of things the i like the idea of anticipating my enemy's movements guessing correctly and being rewarded by by mm-hmm. winning right uh, call me crazy but that's a game format that i really enjoy and that's what that's what i would like to see the problem is is that i mean bombs are here they're not going anywhere and so i guess i would like a little bit more options for generics to compete i'll talk for blair although blair will have a Blair, I guarantee if we, we'll ask him this and we'll have a better version of it. But in the end, I want to see that gameplay, that if I anticipate your moves correctly, gameplay, I'll win. I'd like to see that a little bit more. And and, and that's my that would be my favorite, uh, or a meadow I would enjoy is where if I apply a low PS and I guess what you're going to do correctly, I win. And if I don't, I lose. And all I can do is blame my own um my own guesses i don't know that's the sort of thing that i enjoy did they give you time lyle to think about what you? yeah i mean i think that so like you i kind of started early on i mean i started with wave one and i play tested waves two through six 
And, you know, for me, I really liked early on how, you know, when Paul Heaver wrote his famous article, you know, the different kind of pillars of X-Wing, he said that you had a, um, a swarm pillar, you had, or a joust pillar, you had an arc dodger pillar, and you had, I think his third one was turret, right? That was that was the three, yes. That's the, that's the standard pillars of X-Wing, I think the typical ones. Yeah, least. and what's happened is that I think those pillars have kind of dissolved. So, for example, we saw that, I mean, the, really the, the kind of canonical example of this is Dengaru. When Dengaru came about, Dengaru could out-joust a B-Wing you know, four B wings. I think that Nim, the current Nim version, is simultaneously an ace and a turret. He's an ace and a turret, yeah. Um, and so it feels like those three categories have dissolved. So that's kind of observation one. Observation two is that the distinction between between the factions seems to have become blurred. So originally, you know, if you think about the distinctions, uh Rebels were tanky, they had a lot of shields, and they liked to joust you. That was the Rebels. The Imperials had were low hit point ships, no shields, you know, all guts, no shields, but they could reposition quite well, and they could, with the, you know, the high PS Imperials, or they could swarm you with the low PS Imperials. And then finally, when Scum came about, Scum was very tricksy. It had, you know, the illicit slot. It had all these little games they could play in terms of like paylob, stealing tokens. And it was like this fun, dirty type of faction. Who's the blue deck? And it feels like what's happened is that those distinctions have kind of fallen away and you can no longer point at one faction and say, oh, that's the character of this faction. And so I guess that's my second observation. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. Yeah, the, the factions are now known for the combos that they're good right. at. Right, not their character or kind of design quality and so for me i would like to get back to a meta that if maybe it doesn't recreate those kind of two elements these sort of characteristic factions plus the three pillars but at least it has something you can hang a code on and say oh you know here's these kind of fundamental patterns in the game and you can sort of express the design philosophy according to those you know those patterns and, you know, I kind of miss that. And I know to some extent I have to check myself and be like, well, do I miss that just because I enjoyed that old format and I'm a grumpy old man and I don't like the new formats or which is totally possible. Or is it that, you know, I want that back because it was better and the game has, as we've gotten more cards and more combos and, you know, more growth that, you know, some of these sort of distinguishing characteristics of the games have kind of been bled out. Or have been washed out. So I'm not sure which one it is. You know, maybe it's a mix of both or some third category. But for me, the ideal meta really kind of returns back to those, you know, those original pivotal concepts of the game, which don't seem to be in the same format today. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it's it's primarily, you know, it's with bombs again. Like you said, bombs are here. They're here to stay. It's kind of what is it now? It feels like bombs, Alpha Strike, and turrets. Turrets, yeah. It's it's dissolved those three uh, original pillars that you know Paul and you guys talked about, um, and you know if what yeah what is better versus what is it, is it better or is it just what you kind of liked doing more? All right, Adam, what other questions would you ask for us? Yeah, so the the last one I was kind of just curious about, and this was just kind of an off one, was uh, you know looking over all the ships in the game, you know if if 
from what ships you think are, or I guess one what what's one ship you think is good but are just missing an upgrade or some uh, another either another slot or an upgrade card that can make them uh, amazing uh, or I guess yeah so what what's one ship that you would kind of want that to happen for? All right, I got one, Ricky, because I've already thought about this. Okay, I want to put an astromech slot on B wings. Okay, okay. And I'll tell you why. It's because I can put the R2 astromech on a B-Wing, which gives it green, uh, you know, speed two maneuvers. And B-Wings have advanced sensors. So hard turn two, uh, yeah. Exactly. We were just talking about hard turns two. B-Wings can barrel roll, so they can do lots of repositioning tricks. Um, and you can put an engine upgrade on on a B-Wing. And, you know, you've got someone like, you know, Kian Farlander, who's pretty amazing play lots of tricks with it with a guy like him with that combo so yeah r2 astromech on b-wings or really i mean regen on B-wings. do you think i think yeah. that you could make that work uh for me i would do <laughs> this is shocking but i would do something that slightly increased the uh defense of of a-wings a-wings with the ship that maybe like yeah you, you get the equivalent of you know, an extra hit point for a point or two, I think would go a long way to making a low PS blocker style ship viable. Although it's not like the rebels need it. I mean, I'd happily take that for TIE fighters, but like something like that, I think would be good to be able to do snapshot. And then that, I think, I don't know. That's the, that's the best I can come up with. I wish that was in there. Like if a wings were, had one or two more hit points, that'd be good. I'm just begging. Yeah, just, they're, just begging. they're too fragile. I mean, you're going to get bombed they to died death to, in a they, bomb. They died to like, bombs really easy, and snapshot's not scary if the ship is dead. And it's not the bombs that are killing them, it's the you know big five, six dice. Attacks. It's everything, man. Or it's TLTs. One last thing for that would just be, you know, I looked at with the new bomber coming out, that, that cross-guard formation, um... I thought, well, that, you know, I had this brought up to me too. Is like, that would be amazing for swarms, for TIE fighters or A-wings, where if you're, you know, flying in formation, you get a free evade. Um, it rewards smart flying. I guess, you know, obviously, Fairship Rebel would potentially take advantage of that, but, you know, having something like that for swarm players, so for the, you know, the massive amount of TIE fighters or A-wings on the board, I don't know. I just thought something like that, you know, rewarding that kind of flying might also work. Yeah. I think it'd be okay as, uh, title or something i don't know i don't know i think I, I i like where your head's at though i just wish that there was something for those low ps ships to make that a more viable that that something like that would drive away uh, a higher ps meta and sort of like force it down i think that's good anyways let's kind of let's kind of you mentioned that things that you can do now that the off-season has started. So I think that we kind of should start talking about some of these alt formats that we've received for uh, our contest. And I've just been blown away. I mean, Lyle, you, how many how many submissions did you say that we got? You've got 28 or 29 listed here in the docs. Nice. It is outrageous how many cool things we saw. I think we got more feedback on this particular contest, which was submitting your best alternate house rules than any other contest we've ever done. And the feedback was actually super positive. People were like, you know, you know, thank you for kind of bringing this important point up that, you know, X-Wing isn't just about 100 by 6 competitive play. 
and that you know as we've seen from all the crazy formats we talked about this a couple episodes ago the fact that you can do all these cool things with x-wing really does indicate how great x-wing's bones are from a design perspective yeah yeah the bones in in the end i'm going to continue to buy as many ships as i can just because i like the tiny spaceships and i know that the game itself is solid enough that i can play this years from now Anyways, so let's jump into some of these formats. Adam, I actually wanted to start with uh, one of your uh, one of your votes. And now everybody on our podcast voted, so but we're all, since we we only have three of us, we're only going to talk about the ones that we uh, sort of highlighted that we liked. Um, can you want to talk about Charlie Neo's uh, submission for the 1977 league? Uh, I don't know if you have that pulled up at all, but that was the one that you liked about the course and uh, similar to the course in Invitational. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah. So it highlighted in here. It's you mentioned. It's a variant of that course on Invitational. Um, with uh, each player will bring uh, an initial squad list up to seventy-seven points each week um, in in honor of the nineteen seventy-seven theatrical release of Star Wars. Um, and the league will provide you know a list of ships, uh, twenty three to thirty three so points, uh, uh, 23, 23 to thirty three points to complete your list. Um, and this is the part I like about it. It's everyone will start with an auction credits equal to um, to hundred um, amount minus the amount of squad points you will you will bring. So I you know anything we talked about it before. I like a sort of draft and an auction in in, in any sort of fantasy you know, sports league and. Uh, it's a kind of really, really cool idea to bring over to X-wing, where you're, you know, you're paying for for these ships, um, and you're bidding on them to 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 create your squad. So, um, each ships uh, will then be auctioned off one by one. Players will build, uh, will pay up to their maximum uh, available credits to complete their list. Um, and right here, is faction is not limited here, which is also interesting. I personally would want to keep it, you know, that you can't go outside the faction. Just kind of, you know, sticking with the honor of the nineteen. 19- 77 release of Star Wars. But, you know, there's lots of great combos you can make if you kind of ignore faction constraints. So, I don't know. This is my number two pick. It's A-Wing Soccer. Lyle, I gotta be honest. I cannot <laughs> tell you how much I love this 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 format. It, it fills my insides with so much joy. So, the basic idea with A-Wing Soccer is uh, this comes from Christian Billman, who's won one of our contests before, um, each player gets a team of four A-Wings of a single color, red or blue, same PS, PS doesn't matter. No upgrades. You then put two satellite tokens, range one apart from the middle of the opposite sides of the map, range one from the edge, and you create two goals. Blue goal for the A-Wing, red one for the uh, red one. You then put four asteroids on the board as normal, which have to be at least one range from any satellite token asteroid or board edge. Uh, you put the round mission objective token in the middle, and that's your ball. And then the basic idea here is that you fly the A-Wings around and try to uh, kick the ball forward and score on the goal. And the way you kick the ball forward is you have to ram it in with your ship. So you've got to actually kind of bump it with the front part of your ship. Um, and then you can choose which direction it goes using a maneuver template. It's a fun format for uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's hilarious. Two, flying A wings is honestly the most fun you can have flying any <laughs> spaceship. And three, it teaches you how to uh, distance your ships. Right, like you know the game that you know where you set a a, a 
a ship uh, base down and you try and hit it in the fewest maneuvers or that sort of game. This is very similar to that. This is this is a live version of that, and that's good for training you how to fly around, fly ships around, especially A-wings. Like I would absolutely recommend this game if you are one of the four people in this world that think that A-wings are good and want to learn how to fly them. Yeah, I, I definitely plan on playing this. I think that Christian maybe uh, submitted this knowing our weakness for A-Wings. So that, maybe look, some look, inside baseball happening here. Look, here's the thing. If you pander to me, I, I'll <laughs> accept it. My price is low. I'm a pirate. I don't need a lot. You can buy me real easy. But it is actually like legitimately fun. I love this list. I love mm-hmm. not list. I love this format. Love yep. it. Hashtag A-Wings for life. It's a fantastic idea, and if you're a fan of Rocket League, you know this this <laughs> this is a similar you know real life Rocket League with with A wings. Yeah. All right, all right. So Lyle, I'm going to ask you this so just for for smack talk purposes. Uh, if you and I play A wing ball, who wins? Huh. Wow, you're really putting it to me here, Ricky. I'm putting it um, to you. I I want I want to hear you say it. All right, throw down, son. All right, here's the thing. Um, you are a better A-wing pilot than me. I'll just say that. You've got way more reps under your, uh, you know, under your arm than I do. Uh-huh. But I think I feel- I'm actually good at classical X-wing maneuvering. Like I can visualize distances really well. I, you know, I can pick, you know, where my guys are going to be based on maneuvering. And so I feel like, although I haven't flown as much A-wings as you, so. I mean, I guess I'd give you like a 55-45 edge, maybe 60-40 edge. But yeah, yeah, there you go. You, you'll probably win. But I bet I'll get at least a goal off of you. Yeah, I, the thing is, that sounds really fun to, to like figure out those maneuvers. It's a great like instructional game, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. Let's play. Uh, let's play this game up at Evergreen Cup. We can play it on I'm, Friday night. I'm in. I'm, I'm in to throw down. Like... I feel like we do this game first, and we're going to do another game later. I've, I have this all planned out. I have this party figured out, man. Cool. Dude, I'm so excited to play A-Wing Soccer. All right, so let's jump into, let's see here. We've done the, the 1977. We talked about A-Wing Soccer, which is amazing. Uh, you and I both voted for that one. That uh, was one of our favorites that we that we looked at. So, what am I missing here? Let's talk about... Let's do Monster, the Monster yes, one. Yes, 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 because we, we are now in, like, serious debt to Scott and Will Karch for some awesome stuff that they submitted to us. So, let's start with uh, let's start with the format that, Adam, that you were a big fan of. Tell us about uh, uh, the Monster in the Middle format. The mo- yeah, the Monster in the Middle, it's, it's you know, it's... It seems like a really cool idea, you know. So for for it, uh, each player gets to pick a single ship uh, with uh, upgrades totaling to a maximum of thirty-five points, um, uh, making a wide range, uh, a wide ring of six asteroids in the center of the board. Uh, there'll be a single monster that starts in the center of the asteroids. Uh, the monster can be any deadly ship uh, uh, full of ordnance. Uh, we usually, uh, you know, they usually use a K-wing or a Punisher for to that end. Uh, but the Skurg is also uh, could be a great option as well, uh, for cool. sure. So, uh, so players take turns controlling uh, the monster. Um, uh, so it's both, you know, friend and foe, and the last ship flying wins. So basically, you kind of switch who you're who you're who you're playing, right? 
Oh yeah, you switch it up. Players take turn controlling the monster. Yeah. What I like about the monster in the middle format is that it is an interesting take on a three-player game, and there aren't enough for like two-player like, even numbers easy, but odd numbers hard. And you think three players not uncommon, and having a way to play that's interesting. Yep, this looks like an, another very good one to play. I do want to point out that Scott did send us uh, some interesting uh, damage deck that he did for us, too. And uh, I want to send that out because that is absolutely the coolest thing I've ever seen. So, not necessarily bribery because Adam didn't know that, but I want to point out that Scott and Will are amazing because that stuff is also very, very awesome. So, let's jump into the next one. I mean, before you do, yeah, does, the, does the monster have to be is the a small base ship? Because I kind of feel like Dengar, <laughs> best monster ever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so basically, it's like playing hot <laughs> potato. With you have to kill the monster, right? Uh-huh. But if you are the monster that round, you have to. I don't know. Like, that's that's interesting. Yeah, well, he says in the rules that you can't. For example, you can't fly the monster off the board if you control it. You basically you can't like try to lose with the monster. You're gonna have to try to be you know kill the other people. Very very cool, and I'm uh, excited to check that one out. I to mention it every so often in my league. You you run into times when there is not ban out, and you're constantly looking for ways to play with three people. So I really like any and all options that you can do that aren't just free-for-all, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm ready to do my next pick, my number two pick. Which was? My old buddy Ryan Krippendorf, a.k.a. Picasso. Nice, yes, yes, I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, so uh, Ryan, I've known ever since I want to say Wave 1 or Wave 2. Yeah, Ryan's been around for forever. Yeah, he he used to be way more active in the competitive scene back in those early waves, and um, he made the cut at Worlds once and was a very strong player in his own right, but had the misfortune of being located in the same game store as Nathan Idy and the Zach Matthews. And I think that. Yeah, Zach will not stop talking about how cool Story League is. He like, yeah. will not stop. He, like, he loves this. Yeah, so here we go. So um, his format's called Story League. And again, there's a full link in our show notes. But the basic idea is that the players have to pick a side. So you got to say if you're going to be rebel or imperial, and then you you create a character which has to battle through four scenario-based missions, and you end up scoring points for your team. And that's really about it. It's very simple. So you know you start off, you create a player, you get a name, you get a ship, and each week of the league you get your player packet, and you have the opportunity to earn experience points for for your player. And as you earn experience points. You get to, I believe, pick up different upgrades to to spend on your player and build out a squad. Is that kind of like Hotak? Yeah, it looks like that. I'll, yeah, it's very similar to Hotak in that regard. Except, like, it's a, you know what it kind of feels like? It feels like where Hodak is, you, you're a group of players running. Uh, you're a group of players running against a, an AI. A, a set adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this one, you are playing for a team, and I don't know if it's individualized per per person, so you're all running this scenario for a team, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's kind of a variant on Hotak, but with a more kind of competitive flavor to it. 
Yeah, and apparently, I mean, it's a story leak, so someone's doing a story each... Uh, each. Uh, yeah, there's like a GM, as it were, a d- or a DM. I think that... Here's something that I'll say is that after playing Hodak, I do... And especially seeing how well the Shuttle Tiberium guys did with Gen Con and that narrative event, I do think that there is plenty of space and room for X-Wing to be a little bit more like a role-playing experience, maybe in the sense of... Do you guys remember Dagobah Dave's uh, Galactic Campaign that he did? Yes. Uh, in In that vein with Story League where like you release adventures for certain areas and stuff that you run I mean there's a lot of room for that in X-Wing in that style of play and I think that that doesn't get run enough certainly yeah agreed I mean my league play tends to be just like you know what's the quirky format this month it's, sure you know, is it 120 points or is it generics only or whatever so um, I do want to talk about our winner though right I think now's the time is now the time. I have one more, and then we'll do the uh, the winner. So this one is from Thor Bjorn Nielsen, who is probably somewhere in Scandinavia. Oh, he's in Denmark. Yep. And his format is called Task Force. Yes, I love this one. Yeah. So uh, the kind of key idea behind Task Force is that it, it tries to incentivize people to play epic ships and small ships. Now, sure. you think epic would be enough for that. But oftentimes there isn't enough incentive to just play epic ships in epic because yeah yeah because in the end they're a little the end, they're, they're little not expensive. as efficient right they're yeah. not as efficient they are so the idea is that you get an epic ship and you've got to combine it with some smaller large base ships to work together to achieve a preset mission so there's kind of built-in missions that come with the game you get 200 points to spend and you have to pick one of these three ships rebels have to pick gr75. Imperials have to pick the Gazanti, and the Scum has to pick the Sea Rock. And I think the reason why he went with this is because these are the three cheapest epic ships. You have to include a maximum of one unique pilot. You only get one unique pilot. That's your, I guess that's your captain. And you have to have two ships with a turret. Or you may include a maximum of two ships with a turret. Sure. So Because they're so good. Yeah, you can't spam turrets. A 120-minute game. You have a command ship, which gets nominated. And that's the key idea. You you have some missions. So, for example, he's got the mission one, which is Crippling Blow, which is where uh, one your task force is caught off guard by a surprise attack, and you have to fend off their attackers before they cripple your task force. And he's got another mission here, which is the uh, Red Queen, which is where you have to destroy the opposing mission's uh, opposing player's command ship, uh, and you get a score, a bonus score of 20 squad points to do it. He's got five missions listed here. They're all in the dock. Looks really cool. And a good excuse to, to get more epic ships out on the board. Yeah, it's so it's almost like Battlestar Galactica sized combat where you have like a mini fleet and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Like I like that as well. Like these are things that I think that would be great in a. You have one. You have one buddy that you want to play a series of X Wing games with. You can do that to give yourself like, you know, a good. Uh, Spice it up and give yourself like a good alternative that's got some narrative quality to it. Yep. Um, all, right, all right, I think I've queued you up, dude. Are you ready are, to talk about I, the winner? All right, so our winner is. Okay, <laughs> I so, can't believe we're picking this one. No, no, okay. I have. It's, a defense, it's really good, but I have a defense of this. All right, okay. so 
Our winner was winner was uh, Alex Hendricks, who gave us what I'm only going to call shot wing, drink wing, what have you. But drunk wing? Drunk wing, yeah, sure. I love, basically, I'll give you the rule set, uh, but this is, if if you and I are going to play this, when when we go to to Evergreen, this is gonna happen. And they Blair. <laughs> oh play. God, you're gonna make it's, me play this game. Yes, of course I'm gonna make you play this game. <laughs> Anyways, it's the next wing drinking game that sounds outrageously fun. And dude, did you notice that he gave us his phone number? I think yep. he wants us to call him and play this game. Yep, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> uh, so it is three by three feet uh, uh, dimensions. A hundred points. Uh, and then two players to however many players you want, right? So as many players as you want. Each player brings at least four obstacles. And then more might be better. But who knows? Anyways, the obstacles are cans of beer or any drink that you want. Each player can choose what they bring. If uh, a player overlaps an obstacle, you roll for damage. On a hit or a crit, you take your damage and drink the obstacle. No, do you drink the whole obstacle, or do you just drink some of the obstacle? You drink the whole obstacle, right? Wow, so, so you got to pound the whole obstacle. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's be fair. Like, you are also just as likely to take sebbed obstacle. So there's a little bit of brinkmanship there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> some of the special rules for this. Um, if a maneuver template overlaps an obstacle, roll for damage. On a hit uh, or a crit, take uh, damage and drink the obstacle. On a blank, take no damage, don't drink the obstacle. Seismic Torps. All players at range one of the exploding obstacle share responsibility for the drink. So basically, y'all are responsible for uh, finishing that. If a player that dies second to last drinks all the remaining obstacles. Oh, God. Really? Mm-hmm. So, like, this rule if, applies. If you, <laughs> it applies to multiplayer games because it means that the last two have more to lose by not winning. Uh, and some of the last bits are no dash because he ruins the fun of the game, and he likes the format because tractor beams are suddenly terrifying. Ion walk is real. Small base ships are good except for the ion tractor, and large base ships are risky. Uh, this is the ultimate casual want to use your ships for evil game. I love this. Tell me that this isn't amazing. You know, I'll play with you, but can we play with little tiny drinks? Like, no, like, uh, no, you no, know, like no. something out of like the uh, the hotel Ob- bar. You know, those tiny things. Lyle, here's the deal, right? Like, you're entering a world of pain, or <laughs> I'm entering a world of pain. One of the two. You got to you got to keep. It's either you're gonna win by taking no drinks, or I'm gonna win by making you take a billion drinks. I've got ideas for this. My four lambdas. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm just going to tractor team me all over the place. It's going to be great. All right. So the so you, I think that you've, did you vote uh, for I this voted one for as it well just or because somebody else did? I felt right? like, like I needed to, like I knew you were going to vote for it and I wanted to show support for my pirate lord. <laughs> but okay, Adam, can you imagine telling your buddy, we're going to play this. We don't have anything to do tomorrow. Like this is going to happen. I'd like to scratch out the no dash. Dash is one of my favorite ships to fly, so I would just say, no, no, I'll totally use dash, and then you have to run into all the asteroids. No, no, dash doesn't work. Dash doesn't work because of the asteroid <laughs> rule. Like, it, he would have to still take the drinks, but not take For the sure. damage or something. I, I like this that. Would idea. be the only way. That would be the only way that works for me. <laughs> uh, no, this is a crazy cool idea. 
All right, so Ricky, I have to ask you, you you promised the winner of this contest that we would do something for them related to their submission. So All right, what are so you going to do for us? I want process. to hear this. I think that we should absolutely print a ridiculous rule book. It's probably only going to be a page because this the rule set's only a page. And I think that we should supply maybe uh, something to... Maybe we should supply some obstacles for a... Uh, a mini tournament for this guy or something like that. We're buying obstacles. Mm-hmm. Only, obsta- that only seems obstacles. Only That's what I was thinking too. We'll have to get a selection of like different types of obstacles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You know, tiny. You've got small ones that come in the uh, come in the tiny liquor shot size, and mm-hmm. then you've got big ones that are you know like Stein size. Like I love this idea. Great idea. <laughs> Are you going to vary the type of alcohol as well? Like, is uh... I don't know. Look, look, the possibilities are endless. I just want to. I want to do this. We're going to have to call him since he gave us this number. I probably should delete that from the from the document, or I should leave it up. I've been in no, the dude. End. You should delete it. That'd Anyways, Alex, what is that area code? I got to check it out. Alex, we love this. This is amazing, and you're a winner, and that's awesome. So we'll we'll go ahead and go from there. You know, he's in Massachusetts, so I think that we could maybe convince Bob to play against him. Yes. Oh my god, yes. I want I want to hear Bob I want to hear Bob get drunk. <laughs> I want to know what that's like. I hear imagine a lot of ones and zeros. Um So we do need to do a new contest though, Lyle. I have an idea for a contest. Do you have one like I have one ready? Unless you've got a super solid one. Or actually, hold up. Adam, do you have an idea for a list contest for us to do? I'm fresh out of ideas. I was thinking about that a little bit during this, and uh, I got nothing at the moment, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear yours. Well, you know, Ricky, every time you create a contest, it creates work for me because <laughs> I'm actually the person fulfilling your contest uh, orders. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, so, fine. If you, if, you want, if you want to make yourself feel better with, uh, with a contest, feel, what, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? Well, you, you start first, because I haven't thought about it. If you've got an idea, you, you, I'll think of one as well. You been, go first. I've been wanting to figure out a Boshek list for the longest time, and I cannot get over the... I feel like that's a, a card that has the possibility for outrageous abuse, and mm-hmm. I can't figure it out yet. So I, wanna, I want some Boshek lists. Hmm. That's a good idea. Like, I'm just, I'm just being selfish. I'm not going to lie to you. I just want a good Boshek list and I can't personally think of it anymore so I want to crowdsource it for for you know prize support mm-hmm. right well maybe um, we can get who created this card was it it was Paul right mm-hmm. isn't this one of Paul's monstrosities yeah, one of Paul's mm-hmm. cards mm-hmm. I mean I know he had a Boshek list with triple Trandoshans that he was flying which looked pretty fun yeah so yeah okay yeah, I'll give it to you, Ricky. Boshek. So, Boshek. I want to see a Boshek list. It's bothering me that I can't figure out how to break that card, and I want people smarter than me to submit it, and we'll give you prize support. Maybe a badass uh, damage deck uh, that we were given most uh, very, very recently by uh, Scott and Will, who are amazing. Um, we'll see if we can't uh, get them to give us the okay to, to print some of these because they are... Yeah, it looks awesome. Don't you want like a jillion D of those? I want one for myself, to be fair. I, I want to snuggle with that thing. Yeah, so since you guys can't see this, Scott 
um, gave us basically a you know our own custom damage deck with the Scum and Villainy logo on the front and the damage deck text on the, on the other side, obviously. Which looks it really looks, cool. It looks it's a beautiful like it's looking got, deck because of the it black. It looks like it's got like Codeword font or something like that. All right. Well, if you can identify the printing service, Ricky, I'll I'll take it from there. You know, I I do custom uh, cards for the league at uh, Pond and Pipe. We hand out custom cards every single month. I've got Perfect. I've got a guy, Matt Newt, Patreon of the podcast. Hmm. Oh, isn't he in your uh, RPG? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So he can Speaking, help us out. Speaking of the RPG, dude, I have to compliment you on you bringing me into it. At first, I was a little skeptical, but now I am totally behind playing my Imperial player. It is super fun. Yeah, yeah. So, in the end, you guys run a slow version of the RPG where I ask you questions and you your characters actually make dice rolls when it matters. And so you guys can progress and do stuff, but it's slower because you're not necessarily playing. But you only have to submit orders every so often. So yeah, the the cool the cool thing, what basically what's going on is that Ricky took two of us and said, "All right, Lyle, you're going to be the the ISS representative for this sector, and Greg is going to be the Navy representative." And he gave us each a bunch of kind of you know points to spend on squads, as it were. And so I've got Star Destroyer. I've got four assassins. I've got some um, some like field agents that I can send to get information. I've got a bunch of Lambda shuttles to fly people around, and you know I've got a big sector to deploy all my resources. And you know I submit my orders once a week, and then that actually impacts what happens to the players. So mm-hmm. I might put my star destroyer in orbit where the players are currently playing because I've you know my my listening post got some news of that they might be on this planet and so I can potentially actually alter what happens to the players in game even mm-hmm. though I'm not actually technically part of the session. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of possibility. Speaking of which, are you going to let me put in Probably. Head? The answer is probably because I'm going to say yes, GM. Um another thing to point <laughs> out uh is I guess we're I mean in the end this is going to be posted uh after the after that comes out anyways but one thing i will say is you guys do two things that are interesting about the imperial commander things one is you can affect each other like i think that he stole all of your um smuggler roundups right which is kind of interesting yeah it's annoying i put a lot of work into finding the smugglers and he gets all the benefits that's true that's true um and how that happened is interesting Additionally, um, you guys do have the ability to, I guess, uh, adjust uh, the difficulty of certain scenarios and uh, the setup for those. And that's going to happen this session because I guess I can spoil it because no one's going to listen to this before the session. But basically, you sent a bunch of stuff to Berea and they're about to raid there. And that's going to make it entirely more difficult. Oh, yeah. So that's interesting. Anyways, we just dived into nerddom for like six minutes. Adam, do you have any shout-outs that you want to give or anything like that before we wrap this up? Anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, no, shout-out to you guys. You know, thanks so much for, you know, giving the opportunity to to jump on with you. Um, And uh, if you guys are ever in the uh, Vancouver area, Ages 3 and Up is our local, the local game uh, store that I play at. Uh, Feel free to stop by for some games and... uh, no, looking forward to uh, the new competitive season coming up. But again, thank you so much for, for having me on. Adam, thank you for being a amazing human being despite the uh, conversion rate of Canada to U.S. dollars. So good for you. 
You did more than you thought. <laughs> I'll pay a bit more attention next time. I was sitting at a wedding while I was doing it, while I was be uh, betting on it. So I wasn't 100% of my attention was definitely not there. That's amazing. But uh, also, thank you for that. That's amazing. And uh, all right, I think we're good. Lyle, you have anything else you want to cover? No, man, I'm good. For Lyle Hayhurst, better known as Sozin, and Adam Foster, better known as FX. My name is Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. Thank you, Galactic Holonet, and good hunting. <laughs>